Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. If you would, turn with me to the book of Genesis 18. Mm. I wasn't sure I'm preaching tonight in Lights for Christ, so I had two, and uh, I wasn't sure which one was which, but I was pretty sure this one yesterday morning, and this was for this morning, but if you preach, there's some preachers here understand when the God clearly tells you, then you know, but this, in the first service when Brother Williams was preaching, and, and uh, it confirmed it in my spirit. Genesis 18, 23, I'll read the chapter out. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? And peradventure there be fifty righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that, that, that are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked. And that the righteous should be as the wicked. That be far from thee. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And the Lord said, If I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. And Abraham answered and said, Behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am but dust and ashes, peradventure, there shall lack five of the fifty, forty-five righteous. Wilt thou destroy all the city for lack of five? And he said, if I find there forty and five, I will not destroy it. And he spake unto him yet again and said, peradventure there shall be forty found there. And he said, I will not do it for forty's sake. And he said unto him, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I, and I will speak. Peradventure, there shall be 30 found there. Abraham's getting desperate. And he said, I will not do it if I find 30 there. And he said, Behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord. Peradventure, there shall be 20, 20 found there. And he said, I, I will not destroy it for 20's sake. And he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak yet but this once, one more time. And the Lord went out his way. Or I'm sorry, in peradventure, ten shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. And the Lord went his way. And as soon as he had left communing with Abraham, and Abraham returned unto his place. Romans 9 and 27 says this, Isaiah also crieth concerning Israel, 
Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved. My title this morning is A Remnant Shall Be Saved. Let's pray. Lord, we love you this morning. We already can feel you here today, God, so we know you're here, Lord. We ask you, God, to let this word go forth and do what you meant for it to do, Lord. Let us have ears to hear, hearts to receive, God, minds to understand. Help me, God, deliver this, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you may be seated. This chapter highlights the coming birth of Isaac and the coming death of Sodom and Gomorrah. In Isaac shall thy seed be called. As Abraham intercedes for Sodom, so does Isaac in like manner intercede for us, the children of the flesh or the Gentiles. In Romans 9 and 7, it says it's through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. In other words, it's not the children by physical or, or natural descent who are God's children or His chosen, but it's the children of the promise who are regarded as Abraham's offspring. He said in Hosea, I will call them my people who, who are not my people, meaning who were not of the seed of Abraham but really the seed of Isaac, the promised seed. What this means, what I'm trying to pull together together here this morning is through Isaac that we find salvation. Through Abraham really died at the cross. You You needed Isaac after the cross. In this contrast between the beginning of life and the end of life, I will try and show today that the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, a remnant was saved. A remnant was saved. Because of Abraham's love for this city, a remnant was saved. Abraham has an opportunity first to be the host of the three angels, one being the Lord, and then has an opportunity to stand and intercede for Sodom and Gomorrah. Here's a situation where God is coming to destroy this city. He robes himself in flesh and comes to his friend's house, Abraham, to offer him the opportunity to intercede on behalf of of the city he's about to destroy. How would you like to be so close to God that he considered you a friend, but not just a friend, Close enough, friend, that he comes to you first before he goes and destroys a city or not destroy. I want to go back in the story a few verses where Abraham serves him a meal and watches as they eat. The three characters know Abraham is married and they know her name and that she's in the tent. He doesn't recognize his visitors at first, but they all know about Abraham. They know about Abraham. I want to be such a force in the kingdom of God that the host of heaven know all about me. 
I want to be such an impact to the lost souls around me that the heavens know me by name and the camp of hell is on red alert. Amen. I want to be such a force to be reckoned with when I wake up in the morning. I want hell to be on standby. Alarms going off. Voices screaming out. He's awake and he's headed to the prayer room. Y'all got to get together. Y'all got to get it together. He's at it again. Who's going to, he's going to intercede. Who's he going to intercede for today? We better get our guards up because he's going to the prayer room. I mean, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here this morning. It don't look good for hell this morning. I want hell to know I'm awake and I'm at it again. Hallelujah. He's a force to be reckoned with. Hallelujah. We've lost too much, too many souls to his prayers. You better get back on alert. Somebody better get back at the gate because he's praying again. I want to be that force. I want to be that, that strength that, 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 that the community needs. Praise God. That intercessor that the community, the town needs. Praise God. He's, we've got to do something. We've got to try to stop him. We need prayer warriors. We need some warriors on the floor. We need some soldiers out front walking down briars and thorn bushes. We've been praying for prodigals for a long time, but we need prayer warriors beating the briars down, beating the thorns down because that's what's got our our prodigals bound and twisted all up. That's what's got them torn to pieces and we've got to break through some fences. We're all they have. We're We're their only hope for making it. We got to tear down some wall underneath her her breath. Sarah, back to Sarah again. Sarah laughs at hearing of her forthcoming pregnancy. I mean, we probably would have laughed too. I mean, this is an incredible promise. Incredible because her and Abraham are are just too old to have a baby. Uh, Just like Mary was a virgin and she had a baby. And she, she thinks, wow, I'm too, I'm too old and my Lord is an old man. Seriously. He, and she really starts laughing now because, you know, she can't remember the last time Abraham gave her a kiss or, or held her hand or even slept in the same room. He snores now. He's in the other room, you know. And this is funny to her because this, this really doesn't make sense. Sarah's trust or faith is in the wrong Lord. Instead, she should be focused on the Lord. After dinner, the Lord informs Abraham of his intentions for Sodom and Gomorrah because what God is hearing is the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah. This word outcry is used in the Old Testament to describe the cry of the oppressed who are brutalized by their taskmasters. Ezekiel 16, 49 and 50 makes it clear that Sodom's sin was really a social problem, pride. They were self-centered and couldn't care less about their neighbors. It wasn't just their sexual immorality, it was their pride, their love for themselves rather than loving one another. Ezekiel says, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom, pride, fullness of bread, An abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the land of the poor and needy, and they were haughty and committed abominations before me. So God, God comes to inspect the city for himself, or at least 
intends to. Abraham now stands before the Lord. Some, some commentators feel that the original text may have been the Lord stood before Abraham. Now Abraham is convinced that the judge of all creation will do the right thing. He won't do this. He has no doubt about the integrity and the, and the consistency of God. And he asked God if he had hold back or refrain from destroying the city. And Abraham speaks plainly to God because, again, he's a friend to God. You can speak plainly to him like Moses did. You can speak plainly to him if you're a friend of his. This is, and Abraham know, knew this. He, he, you can read the, the, the chapter and you can see how Abraham, he, 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 didn't, he didn't leave no place for clitches or a special group of people, the elites or the middle class, the high class, because we are all pieces of the same puzzle. We're not all shaped the same. We don't all look the same, but we all fit. We all fit. The days of the special lead is over. No more, no more special favors. God is preparing to open this whole thing wide open for the promise is unto you and your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. In Isaac shall thy seed be called. Are you with me this morning? In Isaac shall thy seed be called. Come on, this promise is for you. This is for all nations. This is for all nationalities. No soul behind, left behind. No rock left unturned. You are the remnant that shall be saved. Hallelujah. Abraham asked if there be 50 righteous people and eventually jumps from fives to tens. He finally asked if God would spare Sodom for the sake of just 10 righteous people. I was reading this and I thought maybe Abraham understood that 10 might have been the, the right number because Noah... Only eight got on the eight got on the on the ark, and he still flooded the earth. So maybe Abraham, in all fairness, Abraham knew to stop at ten. I don't know. It's just a thought. He believes that the presence of he he, he believed that the presence of just a few people, though, just a few, just a small handful, would change God's mind. If there's just a few that are godly. Would the godly save the many who are ungodly? Hallelujah. If there's just any left, he's making a petition for this city to an, to an omniscient, sovereign God who is moved to action or inaction by the intercessions of the faithful. God took the time to robe himself in flesh and go visit with Abraham and give him the chance to groan for this city. Groan for this city. Lot. And his family are warned about the judgment coming to their city and are given a chance to escape. Nothing is said about Lot's righteousness as was the case with Noah. Nothing that would equally compare with Noah anyway. But in many ways, the story of Noah and the story of Lot, of Lot are, are parallel. Lot ends up in the mountains and gets drunk and is taken advantage of by his family twice. Noah gets drunk and he also is taken advantage of by a family member 
Uh, a, lot of, a lot of similarities in the two characters here, but, but a both was a remnant saved. Both was a remnant saved. A chosen family is spared the judgment of God. Hallelujah. Lot, Lot's not taken seriously, though, by his family. Even Lot hesitates to believe himself. So really, why would they believe him? Lot hasn't lived as one who would be respected enough to believe. Like Brother Boyd mentioned Wednesday night about being six months behind on your rent. I mean, <laughs> please, by all means, don't try and go witness to your landlord. You're not the one to go tell him about or her about Jesus. If you're, if you're known as someone hard to get along with at work, you, you cut that whole bunch off from ever, ever being able to witness to them. So please, please, whatever you do, don't tell them you're a born-again Christian. We have enough of that, you know, all them born-again guys, and you'll just prove that to them. If your prayer life only takes place in, at midweek service or, or Sunday morning, it wouldn't be a good idea for you to try and Kickstart a Bible study. <laughs> Bible studies. If you teach Bible studies, I do. I, I love them. I, I love to teach Bible studies. My, my wife and I, I'll tell you, my wife teaches them too. The devil will get on you in a hurry teaching Bible studies in a minute. You better be prayed up, prayed down, and prayed through when you go teaching Bible studies. God's judgment is a combination of a volcanic activity and an earthquake. Lot's wife, just, she just couldn't, she couldn't leave her past behind. She so longed, she just longed from Sodom. There was something about Sodom she couldn't let go of. You've got to buy into all of this. You've you, you, you got to give it all. You've got to buy the truth and sell it not. The world, the world rejects the one thing it needs truth. I know that that has been talked about a lot lately but I'm going to say it again today. Truth is not a thing. Truth is not an option. It's not a multiple choice answer. Truth is not in competition with its counterpart. Truth is not struggling to stay truth. Truth is not in a race. It's certainly not lagging. Truth is not fighting to stay alive because truth is Jesus the mighty God in Christ. I'm talking about the most high God and he's not fighting to stay in charge. Hallelujah, he is in charge. Truth is on our side and truth is all you need because truth will set the captives free. Truth will break the yoke of bondage. Hallelujah. Truth. Truth. This is not for the faint hearted. It's not looking good at this moment for, for this, for the... For Sodom or, or Lot's family, it don't look like they're going to make it. Abram's, Abraham's intercession may have failed to save the city, but it saved the remnant. What's the remnant? The remnant is Acts 2.38. Really, it's, the, it's, it, it's repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That is what's going to save us. That is really is what 
Paul is talking about is when he says, In Isaac shall thy seed be called, because Isaac is the promise, and this promise is spoken in Acts 2.38. Hallelujah, that's our promise. That's how we get to heaven. That's how you make heaven your home. Praise God. When Lot's two daughters get him drunk and sleep with him, they give birth to two sons, one of which was named Moab. And it's through this seed, Ruth the Moabitess is born. And in the book of Ruth, the words redemption, redeem, and redeemer are mentioned over 20 times. 20 times. Is there anybody here today that's, that's been redeemed? <laughs> oh, is there anybody in here that's been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? Is there a salvation of the Lord in the house today? Is there any healed of the Lord in the house today? Is there any delivered of the Lord in the house today? Hallelujah, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Praise God. He's still on your side. There's still favor on you. Someone said, I wish I could describe him to you. You know the old the guy, the preacher used to say that. You can get it on YouTube. I wish I could describe him to you. He says he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's sensational. He's wonderful. He's excellent. He's marvelous. He's never failing. He's never late. He's undefeated. Well, let's just get that clear. He's undefeated. He's unmatched. He's irreversible. He's undisputed. He's irresistible. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's all-sufficient. And he's all you need. All you need is him. Can't nobody, can't nobody do you like Jesus. Can't nobody do you like the Lord. He's the one that sticks closer than a brother. Hallelujah. The world will let you down. Your brother will let you down. But the Lord is on your side. And if it had not been for the Lord, that was on my side. I'd have been swallowed up. I'd be dead. I wouldn't be standing here today. But the Lord was on my side. Hallelujah. The Lord, he's on your side too today. In the law of Moses, redemption was an attempt to preserve the name of the male family member who died without an heir. Ruth was a Gentile. A remnant was saved coming out of Sodom. Hmm. A remnant was saved coming out of Sodom. In 2 Kings 17, foreigners were moved into Israel when they were taken into exile by the king of Assyria. In 743 B.C., God's, God's prophets warned that this would happen. The fall of Samaria in 722 B.C. marked the end of the kingdom of Israel. Prisoners were taken handcuffed together and escorted by Assyrian guards while others were just executed. This was a heavy price to pay for disobedience to God. The Assyrians, they, they took the elites out of Israel and they scattered them across Assyria. 
preventing them from united with one another and making it difficult for the ones they left in Israel to unite as well. But that didn't work. They united. And they started marrying into the Assyrians. And this mix of people that settled there came to be known as the Samaritans. In the chapter four, in chapter four of the Gospel of John, Jesus, instead of using the regular route that was made in order to bypass Samaria, he chose to the unpopular. He chose to go right through the unpopular town of Samaria to meet with this Samaritan woman. It's odd, Brother Williams, that he would meet with this woman because in the last chapter he met with an elite named Nicodemus. I mean, this man had status. He later became a disciple, I know, but at the time he was just someone of status. Nick was a good catch. He was a good catch. The woman Jesus is meeting with now ranks at the bottom, at the bottom of the social and religious scale. Not, not only was she a Samaritan and a female, but was five times divorced five times divorced and was living out of wedlock now. She was not of elite status, to say the least. She's, she's out drawing water in the middle of the day to bypass all the, the smirks and the mark remarks that other people was making at her and this was not their regular time to come get water, but she goes in the middle of the day and when she gets there, she meets with the one with the living water. Mm. she had all but given up hope when the Redeemer arrived she couldn't really understand the full scope of, uh, of Jesus' words but what she did understand the few words she did grab she acted on those words and she ran back into her city hallelujah <laughs> she ran back into her city she was getting it all wrong brother William she was telling him yeah you know that Moses, he built that ark and he married Sarah and they had a son named Isaac and they, you know, that's all right. I had a girl tell me the other night in the Bible study, she said, I think I got that story all wrong. I said, that's all right. You just go tomorrow and you tell the same story again. Don't worry, you just go tell them. We'll straighten it all out later if we need to, but you just tell them. You take that fire with you and that's what she did. She took that fire with her back in that town and she started a revival. Hallelujah. That was what Paul meant when he said, Out of Isaac shall thy seed be called. The story of Sodom ties us in because of Moab. That's how the Gentiles are connected to Sodom and Gomorrah. It's through the destruction of Sodom that a remnant for the Gentiles was saved. That's how Cornelius' house was saved. We were brought in by Isaac, the, the promise which is the name. I just told you what the name was. What name? The name. The name of Jesus. You know, the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That he's the mighty God in Christ. 
If you don't quite understand all this today, that's okay. Just grab what you do know and understand and understand and run to Jesus. Run to him because he's got that living water. He's that hope you've been looking for. Is there anybody here today that feels like you're at the bottom of the barrel? You've lost all hope. I want to tell you today that you made it. You made it. You're here. It's over. It's over. All you need to do is run to Jesus. He's got what you need. He's got that water. You're that remnant that was saved. Hallelujah. You made it. You made it. You're at the well. And all you need to do is draw water from it. There's a remnant here today and the Lord is wanting to save you today. He's making a last appeal. He's come out. He stepped out. I mean, it could be the, your last appeal. I don't know. I don't know your story. I'm just Larry. But he knows the end from the beginning and he's sweeping across here today. He's trying to grab hold of somebody today. He's looking for somebody to pick up a mantle. He's looking for somebody, a witness to go back to their neighborhood. We need some witnesses in your neighborhood. Hallelujah. You got to pick up that sword, that word of truth and, and go. He's looking for somebody to pick up the cross and follow him. You don't want your children to be lost. Oh, the couple, that brother, sister Hayward today, we got their, their, their daughter dedicated. They, they're on the right track. But there's many out there that's not on the right track. And I've been down that road. I've lived that life. I'm here to tell you, you the chances of you coming out are almost none. I'm trying to scare you? Yeah. Because the chances, the odds of you coming out is almost none. There's a community here of remnants. Right here in this community that hasn't been reached. There's a lost town that we need to turn upside down. Come on. We've been praying for these pot prodigals for a few months. Oh, I felt the Holy Ghost when I was putting this together. We were, the music was playing. As soon as they started singing, I could feel the Holy Ghost just pricking my heart. And I just felt like God had something in store for today. I can still feel that. There's somebody's been tugged at the heart. I can feel it. I can feel it. Don't walk out. Don't leave here like you came. It's okay. Don't worry about that out there. God, you can't take care of it anyway. God will take care of that. You just come down here. Come on, the music's coming. You just come down here. God has been waiting on you. He's made a call for you. There's a... Woo! Come on now. Somebody can feel what I'm talking about. I can feel it in my spirit. He's talking to you. Come on. Come on. Come on out. Come on out. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's lift our hands. I want me to stand all across this house. Hallelujah. It looked like for a long time that the remnant in my immediately fam in my immediate family was going to die. It didn't look good at all. My sister Danielle, I believe, was the first one back. I don't know when she'd come back, but she crawled her way back. She had nobody coming back with her. She just come back. Yeah, I love all. I tell you, I love all. 
Woo! I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. A remnant was saved. And my younger sister Tammy, I tell you, she said, I didn't have it in me. But I knew if I just let my kids go with their church with Danielle, all oh, that they would go. Oh, that some more remnants would be saved. She said, I just couldn't get it together. I was too broken. Uh, but I knew my sister would take them. And she would take them to youth camp. She would minister to them. She'd give them what they needed. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.